With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Very subtle wave there from my co-host today, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA handicapper here at the network. That was a smooth wave. I do it every time. Do you? Yeah. I've never noticed. So I'm more of like a, I don't know what I do. I, I do this a lot where it's like the two fingers where it's kind of like a piece in a wave. You know, I picked it up when I was a young child and I keep it as part of my brand. So. Oh, okay. Piece up, A-Town down? One of those? No? Yes, maybe. Yes, no, maybe. Not the A-Town part. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, anyways, this is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM live from Las Vegas in downtown. Coming to you from Circa Resort and Casino. Got a great show on tap. Good friend of the program, Danielle Alvari, is going to join us a little bit later on. Get her take on, on all things NBA along with you and Dave Gosher in hour two. Play-by-play man for the Vegas Golden Knights here. Uh, the VGK, a big game one against the Edmonton Oilers coming up tonight. Night, a couple of round two game ones in the National Hockey League today, but we're going to start in the NBA. And uh, the big result coming out of yesterday, the defending champion Warriors dropping game one at home to the Lakers, JVT, 117-112 final. They win outright as a four-and-a-half-point dog. Total goes over that 227. It was a one-point game at halftime. Lakers take an eight-point lead going into the fourth and uh, ended up getting tied with a minute and 12 to go, but... The, the Golden State Warriors could not complete the job. No, this, this was I, this was a fascinating game, right? When you get the dynamic of one team saying, we're playing on the interior, and one team <laughs> yeah. saying, we're taking every three-point shot possible, and you get this dynamic. I, it was, I thought it was one of the more fascinating games uh, that we've seen in the NBA, and there was all sorts of records being set yesterday. Uh, let's see, I have this one. This is from... Um, basketball breakdown the Warriors outscored the Lakers 21-6 from behind the three-point line over the last five seasons teams that have scored 15 or more threes than their opponents in a game went 59 and one before last night now 59 and two uh like it's incredible and and I think this is exactly what we're going to see from this series right Lakers have a massive front court advantage the Warriors have a massive backcourt advantage. The Warriors take over 40% of their shots from three. The uh, Lakers are not a good three-point shooting team. So this is going to be the dynamic of this series as you move forward. That guy right there, Anthony Davis, is going to be massively important for the Los Angeles Lakers as he was yesterday. He was absolutely brilliant in that game. 30 points, 23 rebounds, four blocks. A big reason why they were able to come away with it. But as you kind of saw in that fourth quarter spurt that you alluded to, 
if you're going to allow the Lakers, or excuse me, the Clippers, Clippers, man, I got them all over the place. I haven't had anything this morning in terms of caffeine. <laughs> um, if you're going to allow the Warriors to get out in transition, you saw immediately, right? They're down 14 nothing. What do they do, Stormy? 14 nothing run, just like that, to get right back in it. This is going to be a fascinating series for Golden State because off of live rebounds, they were awesome in transition. They shot the ball relatively well. It's just whether or not which dynamic is going to win out. Is it going to be the interior presence of the Lakers or is it going to be the Warriors along the perimeter? Well, and in this case, it was the interior. And it's shocking because you're not used to looking at uh, 21 made three-pointers to six and saying that, oh, that team lost actually. Right. Um, but then you look at the the free throw shots here and the Lakers, because yep. they penetrate inside, they get a lot of those foul opportunities had 25 made free throws to the Warriors five. Um, and you mentioned Anthony Davis. If, if, if you're not able to defend Anthony Davis and LeBron inside, it's going to be a long series. I know you like the Warriors coming into this set. They're available in the series price down one. Oh, with the opening game loss at home, plus one forty five in the set. Is this a good opportunity to buy back in on Golden State? Yeah, you could, especially right. Uh, I think a lot of people would look at game one and go, OK, situationally, it's Golden State coming off of a game seven, uh, even though everybody only played uh, like the most minutes at 38. That was Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry, I believe. So it's not like the most intensive game sevens, but situationally, it wasn't the best spot for Golden State to come in off a of one day of rest and your opponent sitting on three day of rest getting ready for you. So you could talk yourself into looking at it and going, yeah, hey, look, bad spot. You lose game one. It's a Warriors team is perfectly capable of doing it. So come back and uh, and support them. And they also showed in the last series, they can win road games, right? That was one of the biggest questions. They did it. Yep, they won two of them. Yep. So congratulations to them. So that demon's kind of out. So you can have some confidence uh, in the fact that you can actually, um, you know, get some road wins with the Golden State Warriors, if you will. So I, I think you can if you want. And as you mentioned, I've got somebody with Warriors, or somebody with Warriors futures, and somebody that thought that the Warriors price for the series was cheap. So that would, yes, put me in the camp of, I think you could come back and support the Warriors from a series price perspective here. A lot of people very critical of the, the Jordan Poole shot. Yeah. So that's one of those, like, so, like, we know Poole can make that shot. Like, in a vacuum, if you just put him there on the court and say, hit, shoot this, he can hit it. I think that my problem was, like, it's a little bit of everything. And it's just that you had 10, 11 seconds left on the clock. There was no sh you know, shot clock was off. You can't try to find a slightly better shot than that one. Or just yeah. take a couple steps in, my guy. I mean, yeah, because there was like, some space, like you said, take a dribble and, and step into, like, maybe a little bit of a closer shot. But I think that was my part. Because, you know, yeah. you had some of the contrarians be like, well, actually, that was a good <laughs> shot for Jordan Poole. And it was like, well, yes and no. Like, can he make it? Yes. With 10 seconds left, can you maybe try to find a better look? Yeah. So I'm not really entirely of the camp of, like, Steph Curry should be taking that. Poole's capable of making it. I mean, we saw, was it the third quarter where he gets Draymond, like a, Draymond sets a screen for him and he whips right around it and hits a ridiculous three at the top of the key? Like, he's capable of doing those things. It's just whether or not, you know, can you find a better one? And I feel like you could find, like, a slightly better one. D yes, I think so, too, as well. Um, Warriors, five-and-a-half-point favorite coming back in game two, total 227-and-a-half. We'll see if they can rebound and get the win and cover before they head down to L.A. Uh, also, Heat and Knicks. Knicks even the series at one apiece. They win 111-105, but don't cover any number for game two. Um, anywhere from six-and-a-half to ten-point favorite, the closing number with Brunson and Randall in Jimmy Butler ultimately did not play. He was eating his popcorn on the sideline yeah. there. Seemed to be having a good time until the result wasn't what he wanted. But I thought it was a gutty performance from the Heat to, I mean, it looked like for a good portion of this game that they could win two on the road. Yeah, I, so my takeaway, I think, for this is the Knicks are a little overvalued in this series, right? So we go to game one where obviously we know what happens. Miami gets the outright win over the New York Knicks. We know that Julius Randle doesn't play, but as a favorite, you lose that game outright. Then you come back here, 
and you close this like what what was the closing number in this like 10, 10 nine and a half ten right yeah. so and and that you know we talked about this on the podcast yesterday on Harvard handicappers I thought that six and a half was that middle way point of like hey look we expect Jalen Brunson to play it's ankle soreness it's going to be fine and Julius Randle worked out before game one he's on his way back I thought six and a half was a nice little hedge where if Jimmy Butler doesn't play then you're going to move this to eight and a half and you're good. Mm -hmm. I did not expect this to get up to 10. And that's one of the things we talked about on the pod yesterday, which is just like, I think the market's kind of overvaluing New York a bit. Kelly and I were kind of on opposite sides where there's a little bit more in the heat camp. He was a little bit more in the Knicks camp. And I just think maybe as we kind of move forward, because we'll, we'll put it this way, Stormy, even at like six and a half, right? If Jimmy Butler's going to play, is Miami, is it really just a pick or minus one for Miami back in Miami? Because I, I just don't think that's actually the case. So I, I think when you look at it from a betting standpoint, my takeaway from these first two games, well, first off, this is just going to be a throw it up. Like this is a really evenly matched series, but it just speaks to where we're at from a series price perspective. And I think the market's kind of done that with this adjustment. When you look at the lines in the first few games to now see Miami as a three and a half point favorite at home, mm -hmm. that would tell you that those first two games were a little bit inflated in favor of the New York Knicks. And uh, we see the way that they ended the game. Like I said, it was very narrow throughout the course of the game, but yeah. they ended on a 24 to 12 run. The Knicks shot 45% from the field, 40% from three. Jalen Brunson only had one made shot in the first half, but then he turned it on, finished his day with 30 points, five boards, two assists. Josh Hart was an assist away from a triple-double, so good supporting cast action throughout there. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Sauce Gardner really enjoyed themselves. <laughs> It appears Can we, as well. I'm not going to do it. Never mind. What? Come on. Just I've it. just, I've said this a lot. Like we get it. Famous people go to New York <laughs> Knicks games. Okay. Like I don't, I saw like three different social media posts from three different media outlets. It's like every five seconds during the game. We get it. Famous people go to the Knicks games. Let's like, can we do basketball stuff? Okay. We do have some Aaron Rodgers news, though. We'll cover that on the uh, other end of this next commercial break. There is one game coming up in the NBA tonight, though. 76ers, Celtics, the Seas. 10-point uh, favorite yeah. now we're seeing. Total 216.5. Philly stole game one in Boston. Uh, Joel Embiid named an MVP yesterday, got a little bit emotional, and apparently after that told his guys, I'm back. And barring a setback, according to Sham Sharania, is expected to play tonight. Yeah, so the adjustment now is, is Celtics minus seven and a half. Um, as my post is uh, the, uh, you know, the daily write-up is going to come up here in the next couple of minutes. But uh, as I noted in there, I would assume once it's like officially official, as we always see, maybe you drop down to like seven, six and a half. So that'll probably be about your closing number. I think the story, though, here, Stormy, is the total. So totals at 217 and a half. Uh, in game one, thing went flying over, right? It was a total of 234 points scored. However, you should, what I really like to do in a lot of these scenarios is, okay, we had the scoring, but what was it in terms of pace? The 76ers only had 89 possessions in that game, yet you had 234 points. That's elite shot making. That's efficiency that is probably not going to replicate itself, and yet you see the market go from close of 214.5 for game one, reopens 218, and now we're down to 217.5. I think you could still play this thing under. Embiid slows the pace down dramatically. They're not going to get any quicker, right, if Embiid's going to play. So this is still going to be very half-court oriented, probably in the range of about 90 possessions or so. And while he adds to their offense, he also adds to their defense. And Boston should be better defensively as well. They've got bodies if they want to throw it at Joel Embiid. So I think the play here would be under the total, especially if you're still getting like 217.5. You should get the exact same pace, if not a little bit slower, similar to what we saw with Brooklyn and Philadelphia in that first-round series. 
and the efficiency should dip because I don't think, I'm going to go out of limb, and say that these two teams are not going to come in and average, would we have 1.337 and 1.278 points per possession. That's mm. really, really efficient. So I think that's a good angle to take here today. No side, but under 217 and a half. I also wouldn't think James Harden would go for 45 again, but I did say see his points prop was sitting there at 21 and a half. Do you think he could go over that number? Uh, uh, it's pretty high, especially now that Embiid's going to be back, right? Because Harden then starts to take the, a step back. You know, he had the uh, the note about sacrificing uh, before the game. And when you look at, like, his actual role, like, for example, against Brooklyn, he only averaged 17 points a game. He's more of a facilitator. Tyrese Maxey's going to be, of course, a, a good scoring outlet for them, too. I'd rather play over assists now that Embiid okay. is back as opposed to over on points. So stepped up when he had to step up in the point production. Not necessary, this one. Embiid, by the way, with that MVP win, garnering 73 of the 100 possible votes after he led the league in scoring for a second straight year. But what seemed to be a tight race throughout the course yeah. of this back half of the season, you get the separation in the final vote for Embiid to ultimately win it. We're going to take a quick break back here on the Lombardi line next. We do have some news, like I referenced, Aaron Rodgers getting one of his old pals back in New York. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odd specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your data shoot ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. One night after, Aaron Rodgers was broing it out with his new teammate, Sauce Gardner, on the 
sideline there with the Knicks because the that's Knicks where game? that's where famous people tend to was he there? go watch. He was rumor has it. Wow, I didn't Incredible. see the 17 camera shots of him. Incredible. That was crazy. Incredible. But one day later, the Jets are expected to add another one of Rogers' former Packers besties, wide receiver Randall Cobb, per ESPN's Adam Schefter. Going to get a one-year deal to go to the Nets. Heard Ryan Clark on Get Up this morning when the news broke that said um, everybody has their binky. So that that person yes. or thing that just makes you feel comfortable. So maybe Randall Cobb is Aaron Rodgers' binky. But like I, I will say, it's another piece that is going to help everybody around them learn the offense and learn Nathaniel Hackett's verbiage and all of that stuff. But it's another piece from the wish list of Aaron Rodgers that he apparently didn't give that he didn't give to anybody. Yeah, I think that's the most important part, right? Like Randall Cobb, if you look at last season from week 12 on, didn't post a PFF receiving grade higher than 62. So like he's not an impactful wide receiver. He's, you know, he'll make a play here or two. He's a savvy vet and we know how good he was at the peak of his career. But this is, it's kind of like, what the Arizona Cardinals did in the draft, drafting uh, Paris Johnson, right? It's not so much about the player. It's about making the more important player happy. And so if, you know, Aaron Rodgers, if you're going to make him happy because we know he gets unhappy at the drop of a hat, well, then let's just bring in Randall Cobb and let's do it and let's just put him in as part of this offense. And like you said, too, this is an offense that both of them have worked in. So maybe that does help kind of boost along some of the younger receivers on their jet chart to kind of help get this thing in gear. So it's not going to hurt. You know, unless they're like, you're wide receiver X, and he's going to get every single one of these passes, like, <laughs> which is not going to happen. So, yeah, I don't think it's like needle moving. It's just let's make Aaron Rodgers happy. So go get his guy. He's near 33 years old. Um, he's a guy that Aaron trusts to do the things that he needs him to do, be where he needs him to be, decent slot receiver. You know, he'll do whatever is needed. Mm-hmm. But it's more, you like, like you said, it's about making Aaron Rodgers comfortable. This is another piece on that Rodgers wish list. I mentioned, even though he's, he told Pat McAfee that Diana Rossini was lying and that he didn't have this right. wish list. Um, the only other player available that is on it is Mercedes Lewis. So we'll see if he ends up getting that tight end as well on a deal with, with the jets here, but this is a jets team that has very, very high expectations now that they have brought in their quarterback. And I'm curious, we just had the prop numbers up there in terms of the production that you expect to see from Aaron Rodgers in this offense, his first year. I mean, I always tend to look under on these things because the market tends to inflate them a little bit because you're going to get action, right? Everybody wants to bet on the positivity when it comes to the New York jets and Aaron Rodgers. So I would tend to look under, I think, you know, it's aptly shaded at minus 125 and under minus 130 for the passing touchdowns. And you also have to evaluate part of their schedules. We know their opponents, right? Their opponents, we know that they're going to play the New England Patriots twice and the Buffalo Bills twice. Well, those are two teams that ranked the top 10 of EPA per play defensively. They get the Philadelphia Eagles on their schedule. That was one of the better defenses in the National Football League. They're going to play the Denver Broncos. That was going to be, that's one of the better defenses in the National Football League. So if we're kind of just put, piecing this together in terms of who we know they're going to play, I would tend to look a little under on top of already having an inflated number in a public setting. So yeah, give me the under on both. Last season was a down year, obviously, for Rodgers, um, but he did go over 4,000 yards four straight uh, seasons mm-hmm. prior to last season. But again, two of those were MVP <laughs> caliber right. seasons as well. So um, not to say that he'll be able to do and that again. He he was injured last year. That's the very, you should we should point that out, right? So that's why he did go um, a little south with his production. I think it's fascinating, Stormy, because we had a similar situation where you had Russell Wilson, who was playing incredible football, and then you saw a slight decline statistically. Then he goes to the Broncos, and we know what happens with Denver. Now, is what happened with Aaron Rodgers just a flash in the pan because he injured his thumb, or is this the start of the decline at the back end yeah. of the career? That's That remains to be seen, but I would 
if there's something that pops up like a thumb injury and then the decline happens, I would tend to think more of it had more to do with the injury than it had to do with the dip in production. I'm curious what the interception number is going to be when they post that because he's yeah. typically been a very low interception guy, had 12 this past year. Is that a trend, too, that we'll see continue with new offensive pieces around him where he doesn't have that same chemistry? I mean, it could be, right, because it's a familiar offensive system, but it's not the same weapons. Yep. So, like, you know, those, those certain throws when you're talking about, like, back shoulder throws, things that Aaron Rodgers are really good at, a lot of that has to do with timing and getting trusted together with your receivers. I mean, it's a big reason why last year he struggled because of the thumb, but anybody who watched film and knew what they were talking about, at least when I would read their analysis, a lot of it had to do with, look, Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust a lot of these young guys that are on this field right now, and it's part of the reason why this offense is struggling. So if you put that kind of together, on top of everything we've already talked about, right, inflated numbers because the public's going to be in there, a tougher defensive schedule in terms of opponents, I think you can really talk yourself into playing some of these under. The Jets are 14-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Um, the, that is a game that they have not even played in since 1969. It's yeah. been decades since they've made the playoffs decade plus 13 seasons now 2010 was the last time they made an appearance what do you think is the ceiling for this jets team remember who they got eliminated by that year no wait no never mind i think it was <laughs> all right i was gonna say make a cult reference uh, i think they got i don't know. either way um look so i actually i don't want to bet them to win the super bowl right i don't want to bet them to make the playoffs again like some spots i think at DraftKings are at about minus 150 or so to make the playoffs i think that's really high i also think we have to realize like the afc as a whole is going to be really challenging, right? You still have Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati. Lamar Jackson is back in Baltimore. The Los Angeles Chargers are still going to be very good. Yes, you can make a Staley joke. I think they're going to be pretty good. They still have Justin Herbert. The Cleveland Browns with the full season, Deshaun Watson, should be a lot mm -hmm. better, right? You have the Jacksonville Jaguars who are on the up and look like they're going to be pretty good. Like, there's a lot of teams that are floating around this. I'm personally a fan of the New England Patriots coming into this season that I think are going to be much better than a lot of people expect. So, uh, yeah, like, I mean, seriously, I get a uh, let's go from our uh, producer, Stephanie, who's a uh, Boston area native and fan. Um, but I would say, like, when you're looking at the AFC as a whole, the reason why I don't want to bet into a number like that is that it's the fact that it's watered down because they got the big piece in the offseason. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I wouldn't really be rushing to bet 14 to one on the new the uh, New York Jets personally. Yeah, there's not going to be value on the Jets for a while unless they mm -hmm. start the season slow. So yeah, unless you're unless you're insanely high on them, right? Unless your numbers dictate that they should be like, you know, I don't know, 12 or 13, not even 13, excuse me, like 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, then there's value. Value is always a personal thing is how you make these numbers. But personally, I do not see it. Coming off of the NFL draft, Fox Sports' Ben Arthur writes, if the Titans start the season rough, so if they get off to a slow start, then it's Levis time. He wrote in his piece the idea of potentially trading or getting rid of Ryan Tannehill before the season. Mike Vrabel said in his post-draft press conference that Tannehill is number one. Malik Willis is going to be their number two quarterback to start things off. And then he told the players whatever happens after that is up to the players. Yeah. So do you think that it's realistic that we see Will Levis? Oh, yeah, I think absolutely, right? I also think when these markets start to get posted, they'll probably be up near the top. I think the Titans are a really good candidate to bet for worst record in the NFL next year. Really? Because, I mean, think about it. So we, we know that Tannehill's on the decline. They're a team that I think is in the midst of potentially blowing this thing up. Yes, they still have Derrick Henry, but he's got a lot of mileage on, the, on, the, on that body. And when you kind of look around at who they're going to have to play in terms of their schedules and how bad this offense could be, and especially if, you know, you're five games in, six games in, Right. And let's say you're two and four or something, maybe even one and five. And if you're going to start to turn this offense over to Malik Willis or Will Levis, that has a potential to have a lot of losses there if you're the Tennessee Titans. So, I, again, it would depend on what the price is going to be. I don't think they're going to be the favorite by any stretch, but they should be up there. But a good enough price on them to have the worst record in the NFL, I think that's definitely worth looking at if the price is right.
What do you think about Will Levis in general? I think you got him uh, cheap somewhat, right, in the second round. And look, I, I am like, this is kind of what I talked about. We're going to talk to Danielle Ovari coming up, and she had me on. We were filming, like, these YouTube specials, and she talks, like, from a fan's perspective, what do you want? And, like, with Anthony Richardson and the Colts, like, just take a swing. And that's what the Titans did. Get a guy who you think could potentially be something, try to develop him and see what happens. And if he hits and he hits, then if, if he doesn't, well, it's a second-round pick and you move on. So I think the potential's there. I think the fact that they didn't have to burn a first-round pick on him is really good. And uh, I think that you should try to see what you got with him. Also, an interesting wrinkle um, per Albert Breer this mm-hmm. morning, the Titans were evidently attempting to trade up in the draft for C.J. Stroud. They were trying to get that third selection, but when Stroud was picked two to the Houston Texans, they had to change up their plans a little bit, dropped out of the bidding, ultimately end up getting Will Levis in the second round. So. That is one of my favorite things that happened on draft day was the Titans trying to do that and forcing the Texans to draft C.J. Stroud and then spend assets to go and get Will Anderson. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Titans were just doing it on purpose to try to screw around with the Houston Texans, but it did give them to give up a ton of capital to go and get Will Anderson, which I don't necessarily agree with. See, I, I did like what the Texans did, though, in general. You did? Like, so I, I think that Will Anderson was the guy that they wanted, right? And D'Amico Ryan's very clearly wanted. So it made sense for me for them to get their quarterback and get the defensive piece that they had their eye on the whole time. So I'm a little more nerdy when it comes to, like, analysis of, like, draft stuff. So I fall more in, like, the nerd, like, data camp, which is... The assets that you gave up, even if Will Anderson becomes like Von Miller, you still could have gotten a couple more starters for your roster. And like the the, the value that you're going to get from those picks as opposed to production just doesn't really match. But I could, hey, if he turns out to be Von Miller, I'll forward that. Well, something what we will analyze on the other side of the break is some potential win totals to look at now that we are post-draft. Are there any teams that added depth or added pieces that you think might improve or maybe not want to buy in on a team moving forward? Win totals, any of that kind of stuff. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. So much to bet on, you guys, over the next couple weeks. And for a limited time, don't forget, we're here to help you out. If you are a subscriber, got a special now, $9.99, slash subscribe. That gets you insight to daily baseball, best bets, NBA, and NHL postseason. Plus the VSIN Kentucky Derby betting guide, the VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of top plays made from show hosts and guests. You get tools like betting splits to let you see where the money and bets are moving for every game as well. Plus, a top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VEASAN expert has a hot hand. Sign up now. Again, just $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Uh, had some time to recover from what was a long draft week. Oh, I thought you were going to say your trip. I did have a good trip. Are you a Disney adult? I am not a Disney adult. Okay. That was the first time I had been to Disneyland since I graduated high school, I think. Feel a lot better. But it was very fun. I uh, I am 30 years old, but I have a little sister who just turned nine years old. And she had only been to Disneyland once, but she was too young to remember it. So okay. we got to go on all the rides and do all the things for her. And so it was really fun. You know, I, my confidence was shaking for like a little bit in you. But now that I know that you're not a Disney adult. I'm well, I told you, right I'm also there. trying to like exercise and eat healthy. So while I did not eat healthy at all, I did get 26,000 steps at Disneyland. Oh, yes. So it was fine. Right. But no, it was fun. Recovering from that and recovering from the draft. Okay. Is that good? Yes. So now as we kind of turn the page to looking ahead at some of those NFL win totals that have been updated, not, I mean, not much change other than some juice one direction or another after yeah, really the draft yeah. because there's, there's, yeah, there's not really much going into it, but there are still teams that maybe did a little bit more to add to their depth that might make you 
a little bit more intrigued in investing in them versus not. So is there a team that you do like that you think is on the up and up? Well, I will say this, um, and I'm going to throw you for a curveball because you asked me for these teams, and I just remember something as well. Uh, I will say that as somebody who expected that the Panthers were going to draft Bryce Young, uh, over 3-1 to one on them to win that division, I'm in. Uh, yeah. I like I like Carolina a lot. I think Bryce Young is going to be very good. I think that Carolina is a team, and it's more about the division itself, right? I don't think the division is very good. Carolina is a pretty freaking talented team if you look at some of the pieces they have defensively, offensively, and if Bryce Young plans out with that staff, I'm really high on Carolina to win that division. And you're talking like 350 uh, to win that thing. I think that's a little mispriced. I think all of these teams are on pretty even footing with one another, and that would include the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but as far as win totals are concerned, I mean, I think we go to the obvious, one of the teams that I threw out there, Stormy. You know, I do think the Titans are a low-key candidate to be uh, one of the worst records in the NFL. And if that's true, if I'm right along that path of thinking, then obviously under 7.5 is something to really look at for the Tennessee Titans. And I even think, as we get closer to the season, you know, one of the things that uh, I had some fun with last year was betting some alt win totals as well, either over or under. And I think that's something to really look at, too, with Tennessee. An alternate win total of like under 6.5 at a plus price that's going to be thrown out there I I think is totally worth it. I definitely think the Titans – have the makings of a team that like five, six games in, we're going to be like, all right, let's see what we got on this roster. When they do have the prop out for worst record, is that one you might put a flyer in? Yeah, unless it's like, you know, six to one or four yeah. to one, right? If, unless they're a favorite, because then I'm like, all right. But they shouldn't be, right? Given the fact that their win total is at seven and a half and that they're the second choice to win the division, you should be getting a pretty decent price on them to actually do it. So I know a team you actually do like, though, is one that Michael Lombardi liked their season win total over seven and a half uh, as well. Sell me on it. Which one? Patriot. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was like, which one? Yes. I love the New England Patriots. I should have the Sorry. Lombardi line. No, I, the Lombardi should have said the me. word. I don't know why. I said it in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I should, Patriots, Lombardi. It's all, it's, it's all together. Look, I, I don't understand. Well, this is what I don't get. I don't know why we, like the collective, are out on Mac Jones after what happened last year when we all collectively make jokes about the offensive coaching staff that was around Mac Jones all season, I right? think it's more because there have been all, not like, like rumors, but of the dissension between Mac Jones and Bill. and. So I understand that, but it's like this. Stormy, I'm going to have you do a radio show, but I'm going to take away your microphone. I'm going to take away your laptop, and you have to like scream into a mic that's on the other side of the room, right? We're going to do everything possible to make it to Im- make your job harder. to make your job yes. hard. And then it's like doing that, and everybody going, "Man, Stormy's really bad at doing shows." And it's like, no, she's given every opportunity to fail, and now she has the audacity to ask for a laptop and a microphone to give her job. Like, no. And so, like, kind of building on that, when you go back to his rookie year, and you're talking about a guy who had a PFF passing grade of seventy-eight point five as a rookie, somebody who had twenty-six big-time throws, a turnover-worthy play rate of just about two point five percent, taking care of the football in a real offensive system. I think that this team has a lot of positive indicators that they could be very good this year. On top of which, Stormy, remember, and I keep bringing this up, and I know I brought this up with you before, this was the second best defense by EPA standards last season. So if that defense even just maintains an above average pace while this offense gets better, I I think the market is really sleeping on how good the New England Patriots can be this season. They added Christian Gonzalez Mm -hmm. to your point about, okay, coming out of the draft, what do you like? Well, you desperately needed a corner and you get one and the guy that you wanted, I I think the New England Patriots are going to be much more similar to the team that won 10 games in Mac Jones' rookie year. Remember, during that season, they went on that stretch of like seven weeks where they covered six out of seven games. I think this is going to be a really good team, and that's why, kind of going back to what we're talking about with the New York Jets, 
why I think the market is maybe over-evaluing what the success is going to be like. I think this might be one of the biggest lies in the ointment that this Patriots team is going to be a lot better than people really think they are. Yeah, and still had eight wins last season, right. and even despite all of that, and they should be better, to your point. I also interested in the plus 240 to make the playoffs yep. there. The only thing that I think is a little bit tough is they do have to play the AFC West and NFC East, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, are... It's, no, I mean, like it's like, it's a tough schedule, yeah. Right? There's going to be a literate, like there's going to be a lot of coin flip spots on that schedule. But I think that's kind of what you're looking at in the AFC East. Like, I do think that the teams in the AFC East as a whole are a lot closer together, right, than the would market agree. would really indicate, too. Right? And the Bills could potentially take a step back. We're not necessarily sure what the Dolphins are going to be mm-hmm. yet. Um, but yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. One team I was looking at, and tell me what you think, is the Ravens over nine and a half. They had. 10 last year, despite the injury to Lamar Jackson kind of derailing their season. They finally don't have to deal with any more offseason drama with their quarterback. They signed Lamar Jackson to the long-term deal. You sign OBJ for him. Had a really good draft. Mm-hmm. I did like the Zay Flowers selection there. Oh, by the way, J.K. Dobbins is going to be back at full health. Stability with John Harbaugh, who has a track record of at least eight win seasons. So just need a little bit more help to get over the hump to get double digits. But they're a team that I think is very reasonable Um to, to have success and to get 10 plus wins. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree at all. It's actually before the season started last year, the Ravens, I had bet on them to win the AFC North. You know, I, I thought that they were a little undervalued by the market and they, you know, the Bengals came out. They, we know what the Bengals are, but your overall point, the fact that Lamar Jackson is going to be back, uh, you would assume better health. Like you like you're saying as well. I do think that this is a team and also kind of what we're talking about with the AFC East, the AFC North looks like a bunch of teams that are again, just kind of really shrunk in together and you're going to have a bunch mm-hmm. of these games where it's going to be three-point spreads that could go either way, depending on who's playing at home. And you could come out of this, like, you could have some good teams come out of this division, but the winner could be, like, 9-8 and eight or 10-7. and and well, and What are we doing? 10-7. and seven. So this is why I also, this is kind of a correlated play here. I, I like the Ravens to go over 9.5, and, and I'm very tempted by the Bengals under 11.5 mm-hmm. because I think that other teams in the division are going to be so much better. I think that the Ravens are going to improve. I think that the Steelers are going to be better. They address a lot of the needs that they had in the draft, Kenny Pickett in year two should be better. The Browns, who the Bengals split with last year, should take a step forward with Deshaun Watson. So I like I think this is a more up for grab situation. Um, and just in terms of general wins, I feel like may, like it just they had to have a lot of things go right for the yeah. Bengals last year to have the success that they did. And this is one of the highest win totals on the entire board. They're tied with the Chiefs and 49ers for the highest number. And look, and because you're a first place team, you get a first place schedule. Yeah. Look at the like the some of these opponents for Cincinnati. You have to go to Kansas City. You get the Buffalo Bills. You got to go to San Francisco. You got to go to Jacksonville. Like those are some really tough opponents to play. I won't include a road game against the Tennessee Titans because, of course, that might be the worst team. Uh, but you get Seattle, who's going to be, I think, a pretty tough opponent. Anthony Richardson and the Colts are coming to Cincinnati hey at some point. So huh? watch out for that. But, like, I get that you don't like to bet against Joe Burrow or, as my former co-host host Matt Brown would say, mm-hmm. Jesus H. Burrow. But, like, I just keep looking at last year and what they did to get as many wins as they did had the benefit of beating up on an NFC South that was – even worse than they are going into this year, that Monday night football game that they had against the bills. We Mm -hmm. all know what happened there with Demar Hamlin. So that game gets canceled. And it's just, I I think they have to have a lot of things go right to get to the win total that they did. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I I agree with you. And and I think too, in this division, the one thing that is like to go back to like New England Patriots, how I called them the fly in the ointment. I think the biggest mystery is what Deshaun Watson is and what that Cleveland Browns team is going to be. Right. Because Defensively, they have a lot of really good pieces. And if Watson comes out and looks like the same Watson, you know, that he was before um, everything, like that's 
that is a team that football-wise could be a very big problem for everybody in that division. Anybody else you like or don't like? Any team that you want to fade? So I really quick, I think we should go to Detroit really quickly. I'm just, I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to. I'll use the Lombardi line. I don't know if I'm allowed to say bad things about Dan Campbell and the Lions. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I'm in as in on the Detroit Lions as the market seems to be or as many really seem to be. I, I don't really love like the not much addressing of the defense that was one of the worst in the NFL last season. I don't know if they're, I don't want to say they're not well coached, but like game scenario wise, when you're talking about adding wins at the margins, uh, how much do they actually have at the top? Uh, I'm just really curious in terms of now that they're finally here and everybody loved them offensively a season ago, but now you're getting priced as like a playoff team and a division winner. I think I kind of want to go against that. And that win total set at nine and a half, juiced anywhere from minus 125 to minus 150 yeah. I've seen out there to the over. So food for thought. Good stuff. We're going to step aside. Danielle Alvari coming up next here on the program. Get to some NBA plays. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Call your shot every Wednesday with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a $25 home run prop wager on any game, and you'll receive a $10 bonus bet. Simply log into your account and opt in, or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to swing for the fences on MLB. Call your shot Wednesdays. Just one more reason why the king of sportsbook is the best place to bet on baseball. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawal bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, New York, or Washington, D.C. We're rolling along here on the Lombardi Line live from downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. Turning the page back 
to the association as we bring in friend of the show, Danielle Alvari, VSIN contributor. She's one of the many hosts of DraftKings starting five at Danielle Alvari on Twitter. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Stormy? Good. Good to see you. We had some mayhem in the NBA yesterday. How surprised were you to see the Lakers take game one from Golden State? I was not surprised. I was surprised that they were getting four and a half points, knowing that the Warriors were coming off of a seven game series with the Kings and Steph Curry dropping 50 points, having to turn around with a day's rest and do this. And now again, having to do it again. So I will say that the Warriors other pieces did step up a little bit more. And I'm, that's all I'm saying is they're the other pieces because it's really Steph Curry's show, show over there for the Warriors. And if he can't go, then this is a really tough series for them. So he did have a, a lower scoring night. They still hung in there the whole time. Uh, so the Lakers did keep it close until the end there, but they were getting four and a half points They end up winning game one. I don't think that's shocking here, but I do think the Warriors are going to make obviously a more concerted effort to get it done at home in this game too. So building on what you're talking about, Danielle, going forward, how do you think this math battle works out, right? Three point shots versus this interior presence, the free throw presence for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, do you think Golden State can win this because they have an edge because they make more shots that are worth more? Or do you think this series ultimately plays out with the Lakers moving on to the Western Conference Finals? First of all, hi, JVT. Didn't see you there. Uh, yeah. I thought you were ignoring I, uh, me, so I was just like, all right, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's a good point that you bring up, obviously, that they have this interior presence, right? So you have your defenders that are really occupied by Anthony Davis to the point where you have to have somebody like uh, Draymond Green and uh, Kevon, Kevon Looney working on both of them at the same time, and then you also have LeBron James to worry about. So you have this interior presence, but the Lakers' perimeter has stepped up just enough, and that's kind of all they need. That's why they made these big changes at the deadline. Uh, to, can they have D'Angelo Russell? Can they have Austin Reeves contribute? on the perimeter because the Warriors are going to want to clog up the paint because they have to. So I do think that the Lakers have that slight edge if they're going to have those role players, those kind of key pieces on the outside actually contribute. Uh, meanwhile, you have the Warriors where it's like they're going to have to live and die by the three. I thought it was funny because after the game on Twitter, I saw somebody tweet out, oh, live and die by the three. But the Warriors made like 21 threes or something. Uh, you can live by that on most nights. People didn't notice that the Lakers shot a bunch more free throws, a crazy amount more free throws, like 25. So I don't expect to see that in the next game. I think that that was a huge discrepancy. Obviously, that's going to happen with that interior presence you're talking about. LeBron's going to draw those fouls. But the Warriors, I think, are in a good spot here, especially because if the Lakers barely won that game and they needed those 25 free throw points, I still feel good about the Warriors winning this series. Well, and you said you expect a more concerted effort from Golden State in game two. Any early thoughts on the five and a half that they're laying? I don't love it. I think this was four and a half. It already moved. I think you're going to get a better live line here in this game. We've seen this so far with the Warriors uh, versus the Lakers and also just the Lakers all season long. You're going to see a lull here where they're going to drop off and you're going to get a better number on either side. And for me, it'll be trying to get either some plus points with the Warriors before Steph Curry goes to put his cape on. Uh, really quickly, it is now 20 out of 21 teams that lost game one at home coming back in game two, 20 out of 21 straight up. So you know, not really oh, strong wow. against the spread, but it is a good bounce back spot for a lot of these teams when they come back home off of a loss in these series when they're favored. All right, Danielle, so let's move on. Uh, I wanted to go to Phoenix and Denver and get your thoughts on what we've seen so far mm. in this series because I think a lot of people were surprised by the results of the first two games. What were your expectations coming into this and how are you handling this now that this is going back to Phoenix without Chris Paul? So I think this is interesting because I think the Nuggets are sneaky, not being talked about enough in the West and yeah, are right. doing a really solid job. I think 
maybe talked about by you, but I think that they have one of the most solid benches here. We talk about kind of the Warriors bench, not having any defense to speak of the Lakers bench, not super deep either. The Suns certainly not. We're seeing Devin Booker uh, having to put up 40 minutes and Kevin Durant too. And then you have the Nuggets where their bench is a little bit more serviceable. And of course they still have a star. Uh, They have these key pieces where Jamal can go off on any given night. So I think the Nuggets are one of the most well-rounded teams left here. And I think people just thought when Kevin Durant went to the Suns at the break, that that was it, like sign the check. But we haven't seen that be the case necessarily with these big transactions late at the deadline. So I think these these transactions also are a, a disservice in a way. I see this with the Lakers as well, where they just kind of lack that chemistry because these players have been playing together since the end of February, and that's it. So I do think that's a disservice to the Suns in a way. You're not going to say no to having Kevin Durant, of course, but I think that's why you're seeing a little bit of a disjointed effort here. And again, just not enough depth on the bench. Yeah, and Kevin Durant hasn't played to the level that you would expect in this series as of yet. No Chris Paul, to your point, and they are a team that more than any other team in the postseason relies on those starting five, 85% of their scoring production coming from those players. Um, here with Danielle Alvari, VEASAN contributor and part of DraftKings starting five, as we look to tonight, the 76ers stole game one in their series with the Celtics in Boston. Joel Embiid is expected to be back tonight. Uh, I know our guy JVT was potentially looking at an under in the game tonight, but anything that you're looking at? Yeah, I could definitely see an under happening here. We almost hit it the other night. We've seen a lot of overs in Celtics games recently, but as we know, it looks like Joel Embiid is set to go for game two, which is a little surprise for some of us. Uh, I ended up taking Sixers plus 10 last night just because I thought it was a touch too high, even with the Celtics back at home in a situation where they obviously want to get that game two win after going down game one at home, but 10 seemed just a touch too high. And lo and behold, we have Joel Embiid to go now. Now we're seeing a seven and a half. So I like that 10 that I have now. And again, you'll probably get a live opportunity here. Uh, but in game one, the Sixers wing shot incredibly, even without Joel Harden put up 45. He made seven threes. I don't expect that necessarily to happen again here. It seems like we'll kind of regress back, uh, but they did do an incredible job of taking care of the ball. Uh, only turned it over on 9% of their possessions. They had six turnovers compared to the Celtics 16, which is crazy because the Celtics are not a team that normally turns over the ball very much. And Maxi, I believe had four steals in that game. So uh, I, of course, just like for fun, had to look at this, but Maxi had four steals in games one, his steals prop is set, you know, at a half. And how do you bet a steals prop? But it's at minus 190 <laughs> to go over if he gets one steal. Steals and blocks combined is set at one and a half. The over is plus 185. So he just, if he can get two, we can get one block, one steal. I mean, that just has to happen 37% of the time on the break, even at a plus 185 value. So I thought that was interesting, even though I do expect the Celtics to take better care of the ball here. They're actually going to have uh, some pressure on the inside that they did not have in game one. Their interior defense for the Sixers was obviously not able to hang without Joel. The Celtics made 22 of their 26 at the rim, but their perimeter defense looked, looked solid, relatively solid. I think that this Joel infusion is definitely going to help to JVT's point, the under. Um, But yeah, I like this 10 here. I also like Tatum over his assist prop. It's starting to get up into territory. Maybe it's not super valuable at minus 120. Even Jalen Brown, I expect to have an even bigger game for them. Over two and a half threes at plus 110 was interesting. But I like where JVT's head is at with this under as well. Yeah, what a big picture here for Boston as we've watched them struggle defensively since about game three of that series against Atlanta. And the clutch time issues have been a really big problem for them dating back to last year. Any worries about them in the Eastern Conference that looks set up pretty nicely for them? Uh, For who? For Boston. 
Oh yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And, and we were kind of talking about this, about how Boston can't seem to hold it together at the end of the games. And they seem to put that together better in that one season last year uh, with Ime Odoku. And I felt like he brought that kind of defensive grit that they needed. And even this closeout and seems to be slipping away from them again. So you wonder if they can put this together. I was talking to our producer Steph before I came on and said that I'm really enjoying the parody this year is because all these teams seem to have what it takes to win, right? Have the pieces, but on any given night, are they going to come together for mm. a full series? Including the Miami Heat, who needed a play-in yes. game win to get to the point yes. that they are now. They upset the team that everybody largely thought was going to win it all. And now yeah. they're in a split with the Knicks, and they stole game one. Jimmy Butler was unable to play in game two, but now they're going to head back home with, with, mm -hmm. with home court and Butler potentially back and healthy. Yeah. Uh, how do you bet against Jimmy Butler at this point? It's, I mean, I know that JVT had had trouble against that in that Bucks series as well because we didn't expect to see that happen. Uh, there's that. just guys that are that are willing it. Steph Curry is willing his team to a win. Jeff, uh, Jimmy Butler is willing his team to win. You know LeBron's going to do it as well. He's got AD's help. Uh, so it, it'll definitely be interesting. But I'm excited to see the Heat in this series. They've been the most fun team to watch. Still? And also, uh, Giannis exiting early. I'm reading the Giannis book right now by Mirren Fader. Uh, it talks about him growing up in Greece. Like, he's, come on. Come on now. He's gone through a lot in his life. He's not worried about this. Yes. Uh, I, I did like his his post-game press conference, too, about no. No, stop. It was failure. a failure. It was a it failure. It was great. It was a great answer. No, it wasn't. He failed. They were the one seed. If you would have asked, I, I liked the line about Michael Jordan, though, because if you would have asked Michael Jordan if those seasons that he didn't win a championship were, the, yes. were a failure, he definitely would have said yes. yes. Danielle, thank you. Appreciate you. All right, bye guys. What's <laughs> the goal Lamar, every year? Yeah, it's to win a championship. I don't think it's a fail. I mean, yes, it's okay to fail. I don't know. I don't know. Look at me. <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.